Welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for them. Today's episode is the 10th part in our series called Revolutionary, with the conversation being led by Yen Yen Chu. Alrighty, good morning. Um, so as you reshuffle, ooh, there's nowhere to stand where the lights like aren't right on you. Um, yep, so feel free to reshuffle and, and grab some refreshments as we just kind of enter into this time. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Yen Yen and I will be sharing um, with you today. I am also a teacher, so some of those parts may come out here and there, um, so just kind of bear with me with that. I'm an English and math teacher, um, and so I'll, I'll try not to you know, give you a pop quiz or anything like that as we go. Um, so if you're rejoining us, um, welcome back. If this is your first time here, welcome. We are in the middle of a series uh, called Revolutionary, How Jesus Changes Everything um, and for the better. And so we think this is an important topic and, and series um, because somewhere in us, um, we all desire this idea of being revolutionary, right? We want to see change, whether it's you know, in our current political, social, environmental climate, um, whether it's within our own lives, in our own families, in our housing situations, in our work situations, um, there are, there's something in us that desires to see some kind of change um, that oftentimes take this idea of being revolutionary. And we show it in different ways, right? We show it by going to vote last Tuesday. Um, we show it by um, going to a protest or going to a rally or going to a lecture or a talk. Um, some of you, some of us that might think, well, not really, I'm okay with status quo. I think sometimes we show it wanting change and wanting to be revolutionary by complaining about the status quo or complaining about, I wish this would change in this situation and what have you. Um, and so we think this is an important topic and series to go through. But also here at Ethnos, we really understand and see that there are limits to our desire and our approach to bringing change and to affecting change. Um, and here we really believe that, that Jesus has something to say about that. Um, not only did he come into a time um, that expected uh, some big changes to happen um, and to a society that was like waiting and waiting for something to happen and he came and he did it in a completely different, unexpected way. Um, and that some of those truths that he talks about, we feel that are still pertinent and important today. And so here at Ethnos, we really look at how do we be revolutionary? How do we bring about revolutionary change, but through this lens and perspective of Jesus? Um, so we are in this book of Ephesians. Um, and Ephesians is in the, the newer part, uh, the second part of your New Testament. And we have a picture up here of um, early Ephesus. So it's where that, obviously, where that red star is. Um, and Ephesus, um, back 
and this time of, of when we're reading it, um, was the second largest city in the Roman Empire, obviously second to Rome. Um, so it was a really vibrant community. It was super diverse. Um, it was academic. It was intellectual. It was, it was going through a bunch of changes. And especially when the Jesus movement kind of hit, it went through um, just a series of revolutionary changes, um, just kind of like, like that grassroots, you know, ground up um, kind of a thing. Um, and five years after um, this Jesus movement kind of came through, um, a man named Paul wrote them a letter um, to kind of encouragement, you know, almost like when you're, when you're starting something new, right? Every so often you got to send that letter to say, hey, you know, think, th things are going well or not so great, um, but here is some encouragement and here are some, some truths that I want to just kind of keep guiding you in as you are seeking to bring change within this, your community and change within, within the city. Um, and so that's kind of that historical context of where we're going to look at. Um, so last week, um, I'm going to build off the main idea of, of last week. So last week in the beginning, uh, we looked at the, the first part of chapter four, and then we're going to look at the second half. And so the main idea um, of last week, and if we can pull it up, if not, I can read it from here. Um, so the main idea from last week is that there is difficult but good and intentional work to do in order to be a revolutionary community. Okay. Um, so a lot of times when we think about change, right, we think about all this amazing work to do, but definitely there is these aspects um, that we want to hit on last week and then also this week, that it's difficult, um, that it's good, and, and a lot of us will agree on that good part and the difficult part, but that there is a... Um, a level of intentionality that needs to occur within us and within our community. Um, and so this week, we're going to focus more specifically on that good and intentional work. Last week kind of focused on that idea, and then the, the sections this week and the paragraphs this week kind of get to the nitty-gritty, kind of like the details. What is that good and intentional work? Um, what does that look like? And what does that involve? And so that's where we're going to get at. Um, and it focuses on that good and intentional work individually and as a community. And this, while we can focus on how to affect revolutionary change outside, um, this passage really looks at, okay, in order to, to do that, we gotta look here, right? So we gotta look within. So how can we affect this change first within ourselves and within our community? Um, and a key idea in this chapter, last week in this, is this idea of unity. So before we jump into it, I want to throw out a little discussion question to you. And the question to you is, what is, from ourselves, as we seek this understanding of, of unity, what Hello? Okay, there we are. Um, so as you think about this idea of unity, personally, what is hard for you? What is difficult about it for you? We've got new batteries, so we're good. As we bring it back together, um, are there some people that... that want to share, whether it be like the first thing that comes to mind um, or something that was deeper. What is difficult about building or maintaining unity? You want to share? Always the youth. I love it. Go for it. We'll just do that. Sorry, let me get you a mic. Okay, so what I find difficult is um, just the difference of opinions or maybe some um, other people's influence towards that person because um, let's say like, yeah, like there's a kid in the classroom that everybody's like, yeah, don't talk to that person. Like they're like really weird or whatever. Like you're obviously like 
like at least me, like I'm gonna go and try to talk to them, like see if I can form a relationship, right? But like other people will be like, yeah, yeah, I won't talk to them, yeah, no, totally, totally. And so then another one is um, difference of opinions. And so I can think that grapes are the greatest fruit in the world, and another people, and another person will think, oh yeah, no, it's oranges. And I think like obviously not that opinion, but something bigger, like that will keep something from forming there. Yep, so differences of opinion um, and how to kind of maybe reconcile um, that as we try to build and maintain unity. Hi. I'm actually not translating this. I'm just sharing. So um, I feel like one of the things that makes it hard to maintain unity at school, higher levels of school as we get older, um, as it relates to God and Jesus, is difference of perspective of how to um, talk about God um, how to talk about his love versus his commandments, and it just becomes difficult when we invite others into community, when we have different approaches. Um, so that tension of how do we unify in the same, like, we have the same purpose, but we have different mentalities of what we should be saying. So that. So differences in approaches, differences in mentality. So we've got some differences, the theme here. I think that my thoughts are actually kind of along the lines of, of Fanny's earlier, which is, but, but maybe in a slightly different direction, which is often when, I, when people say to me, like, we need to have unity and stuff like that, I often just have a tendency to read that as, like, they're saying, like, I want you to agree with me. And, the, and so it's like that's, you know, a, a sneaky way to say that. I sometimes read it in that way. Right, and so there definitely is that, that maybe sometimes we feel that underlying unity is, is sameness. And sometimes when we're saying we want things to be unified, I feel like I hear this at work, right? It means we all need to somehow be the same. So we had um, sort of a theme that it can be really hard work um, trying to work through some of the differences. Um, and perhaps sometimes we're maybe a bit too shy or trying to you know, make it easier on ourselves and they're like, oh, okay, you know, let's not worry too much about that. But yeah, it's basically, it can be really hard work to actually um, create this unity because we have to, you know, really, I don't know, go deep or find some compromises and yeah, it just can be very taxing. Um, definitely, and I think for, for, for me, thank you all for sharing. Um, for me, that's definitely the issue too, is that the intentionality aspect. Um, but that it does take so much work, not just in, in building, but in also maintaining. Sometimes I'm one of those people that like, I want to spend the work building it, and then I want it to just kind of, just like keep going, right? With minimal effort and just kind of coast. Um, but, but definitely there is a lot of effort to continue to maintain that unity, right? Um, and the intentionality that's there. So the main idea here definitely is, I think we can probably all agree this is an idea or a concept or a practice that we all want, right? But, but the work that is required is difficult. And it actually requires, as we get into this passage, a change. A change um, in two things. A change in our thinking, our mindset, and a change in our actions. Um, so for different reasons, we didn't get the passage up. But um, on your tables, there should be this handout. If there aren't enough in your tables, there's some you know, extra ones f floating around, and that way you know, everyone can kind of uh, get a copy. I apologize for that. Usually we have it up there. Um, yep, so if you need more, kind of we'll, we'll pass them around. Um, it's no, no problem.
to do that. Okay, so as we look at the excerpt today, um, and again, it's hard. This is kind of a continuation, right? And you have, you have to remember this is this is a letter. So on on your sheet, you know, there are numbers that kind of like interrupt the words. Um, I don't think any of us write letters this way, if we write letters at all. We don't write emails this way with like numbers in between. So it, it is kind of hard. We're kind of like in the middle of this section of, of a letter. Um, so if you weren't here last week, you can definitely kind of, you know, pull it up on your phone and, and, and take a look at it. But it's, it's connected with it. So I will read it. Um, and to give you a, a heads up so you can think about this, this section really focuses on cultivating that unity as a revolutionary community and how do we continue to build and maintain this idea of, of unity and we'll kind of get a, a picture of it as well. Um, many of these that we'll read are concrete encouragements um, and those of you that are familiar with uh, the Torah or Tanuk, the Old Testament, you might find some echoes that there's definitely a relationship between some of those concrete examples that we're bringing in. Um, okay, so uh, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. There's a lot in this section. You'll see there are kind of um, naturally two halves to this, and the first two kind of paragraphs um, relate together um, in terms of the why. Okay, and it really focuses on developing why, the justifications, the reasoning, the explanation. And then the second half, more nitty-gritty into the how. So I'm going to look at, the, we're going to kind of break it up and just do those two halves um, as we look into it. So the big idea of this first paragraph, which is 17 to 22, okay, so we'll just focus on that. Um, this big idea is to live differently from the social and cultural norm. Okay, and that was that encouragement back then right? Um, this Jesus movement had come in, and it's been building for five years, and here's this encouragement. You know what? Live differently from the norm of your time, from the social norm, from that, from that cultural norm, um, and this is different not just as an outward expression, but as kind of an inward transformation. Um, and 
it was called, like, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. So Gentiles really um, then was kind of like the, the pagans, okay, those that don't follow um, uh, the, this Jesus movement and the ideas that are there, okay, and those that don't kind of believe in that. Um, and he describes it in a large picture as futility of their thinking, and then kind of lists the details of that. And some of you can see that, right? That darkened in their understanding, separated, ignorant, you know, lost all sensitivity. Um, these are kind of strong words, right? Um, and I think it's hard. If you're anything like me, um, I read this and I want to say, oh, I'm, I'm not like that. You know, these, these were, I, I may be some of these things, um, but gosh, I'm really not like that. Um, but what I want to point out to you, too, at the end of 17, futility of their thinking, that actually translates more to mindset. So it's not just like I'm thinking, um, you know, I'm thinking these things or I'm thinking those things, but it's an entire mindset of how we're approaching everything else that we're doing, right? It's like my whole perspective of, of something, okay? And it kind of definitely is that mindset. And if we, if we break it down, um, and the, the way that I'm kind of convicted of this is absolutely, I, I definitely have a mindset sometimes of, uh, of me, right? Me first, um, there's that selfishness out there, I wanna do things this way or, or my way, um, and that, that naturally is, is there. And not to say that um, we can't desire change and, and want good things um, apart from who we are. I think a lot of us will say, yeah, there are good things that we can do through our own selves, right? But there definitely is kind of that, that limit. Um, and it's that mindset that kind of needs to change that really brings a bigger picture. Um, a more recent example of this for me, um, so we're in, in Highland Park, we're part of a, a group that helps to resettle uh, refugees and immigrants. Um, and gosh, was it only a couple weeks ago, um, a family from Afghanistan was relocating here. Um, and as part of the team, um, in, you know, in my own mindset, um, I'm like, hey, I, I, I can do this, it's not so bad, and, and we often helped out in like, um, really the easy stuff. Um, picking them up from the airport, right, getting some groceries, um, helping organize some things. And this one particular family that needed to come, I think, in, in route, and it was for them a three-day journey um, of different airplanes to get here. And partway on their journey, we got word that their housing fell through um, and they needed a temporary place to stay. Um, and so we were asked, and it's a family of six um, with four small children. And uh, honestly, I'm gonna just be honest, honestly I felt trapped because who's gonna say no, right? Who in their right mind would say no when, when they're called like, this family is coming, you know, they're, they're leaving everything they know, it's been a difficult situation, can you house them, right? And it's, I felt like it was one of those um, rhetorical questions your parents ask you um, and there's really no other way around it. And, you know, I just kind of like took a deep breath and just said, well, you know, I hemmed and hawed for a little bit in my own mind. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, sure. Um, and understandably, I knew in my, in my mind it was so difficult for them that I, that I can't imagine, right? I can't imagine uprooting my entire family with four small children and with four small children flying to different places for three straight days. Um, to get to some place totally foreign that you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know, you don't know anything 
Um, and in my mind, I understood that, but in my mind, I was also stuck in how difficult this was for me. And I'm going to work early, and I'm staying as late as I can, because in my mind, right, if I can not see it or, or avoid it as long as possible, it's somehow easier for me. Um, and I did reach moments where it was really difficult, and I don't often end up in tears, but there definitely you know, was that time. Um, and there's that I idea, I think I was challenged, what, what mindset am I seeing this from, right? The futility of my thinking, um, and not to say that I, I wasn't trying to have a big, you know, a, a, a hard heart, and I was, I was trying to be mean. I, I really was trying, um, but I ran into a wall with the futility of my own thinking, um, and on my own strength, um, I ran into that wall. Um, and not to say that as I tried to change that, that it was any easier. It was still hard. But it was, it was different. It was different when I came, I think it was like day four of, um, they were with us for about, I think, five or six days. Um, and it took a while to change that, that mindset. Um, and adopting a mindset that was outside of myself, um, adopting a mindset of what I believed that God and Jesus was calling me to do, didn't make it easier. Um, but there was such a difference with that. And if we look at... Um, Verse 22, we've got three phrases that really point to these actions that I felt like I had to, uh, you know, I, that I was being challenged to do, right? In 22, we have to put off your old self. These are really clear actions, right? We have to put off your old self um, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Um, and if you're like me, I, I draw lines and make arrows. You can underline new attitude of your minds, contrast directly to that end in verse 17, futility of their thinking, right? So in order to be changed in our mindset and in the futility of our thinking and to made, be made new in the attitudes of our minds, you have to put off your old self. Then that changes, and then we put on a new self. Um, and it's hard, because sometimes for me, I want always or both ways, but to have to give up my mindset um, and, and change my mindset in order to put on a new self um, is something that this, I think, passage really talks about here. Um, so there is that, you know, that clear contrast that's there. And just to, to build a little bit more, too, on this made new in the attitude of our minds, and what is this? And it's like, gosh, what is this new self? Um, and it clarifies there, right? It's created to be like God in true righteousness. I find that interesting that that um, Paul describes this kind of righteousness as true, that there's something about Jesus um, and in his, his time here that, that he makes true this righteousness that's there. Um, and what is this new self? And, and really, um, if I were to put words to it, it's this idea of, of welcoming Jesus as a living person and allowing, allowing him to change the way that I think. And through that, change my actions. And that's what that new self is um, that, that I think this section really talks about through there. Okay. So now that we've established the kind of the why as we get here, um, let's look at the concrete actions and the intentional work of the hows in that second section, right? So the second section... Um, 28 starts with the word therefore, okay? 
um, and therefore really is that transition word. Okay, so it's not just like this list of these things to do or not do, it's connected to this change in the mindset, that this put off your new self, you know, um, put off your old self, put on a new self, and be new. Okay, so it's connected to that why, and now that we have these clear reasons, not just from this section, but from all of chapter four earlier, now Paul gets into, okay, so what does this really kind of look like in our day-to-day -day interactions, right? Because it's all great and fun and fuzzy to talk about, ooh, unity, this is great, you know, these are some great ideas, but now it's like this nitty-gritty, what does this look like? So um, as you kind of refresh your memory, read through that second section. Um, and as you read through, I have another discussion question for you is kind of more general. What strikes you about this section? What's maybe like, you know, like, ooh, that one was hard to read or like, this one seems impossible. Um, so as you read this list, encouraging us in the new self, what strikes you, what stands out to you? Youth table, I have an extra task for you. You ready? So adults, you can talk. Youth table. There are six do nots. I'm gonna see if you can find all six and then how they're similar or different. The youth need a more challenge, right? I'll help them talk through more. And then talk about what's hard for you. Okay. So just take a couple minutes, refresh your mind, um, talk with your neighbor, what's challenging, what strikes you, uh, what encourages you, what stands out to you, and then we'll bring it back together. This is definitely something you can talk about for a while. But um, let's bring it back together. What are, what are some things? If, can I maybe just have a couple of you share what strikes you, what stands out to you um, in, this, in this section? Any impressions? Any ideas? You've been nominated. <laughs> yeah, we were just um, discussing how concrete the list, this list is sort of for myself coming from like a very results oriented mindset. Like I know if I do these things, um, I'm kind of like on the right track, but also that this list of, of the how to's, it resonates with um, building relationships within the community, but also like in your personal life and um, also with your relationship with God. Um, it's kind of just like a very solid, like. These are the, the foundation, building the foundation. Right, right, absolutely. I like how you said that, foundational. And that you remind us again, you know, as we talk about revolutionary change, I think sometimes we think about big picture, right? We think about all the things that are wrong in society that, that we need to fix. But there definitely is that idea and understanding. There are elements that are in, smaller, in our smaller communities, whether they be our homes or works or families um, in this room, for example, that can also you know, um, go through this kind of change. Anybody else in terms of what what strikes you? Almost as we get there. Yeah. When you were sharing a little bit about the do not let the sun go down while you were still angry, and we were processing what that looks like in re certain relationships where you don't necessarily get the closure that you need. So sometimes there are circumstances that don't allow you to resolve things or unify with people in the ways that you had hoped, but that that value of not necessarily going to bed or even just throughout life angry and bitter um, can help you even if it's just between you and God. Um, and then we were also saying that that line, be kind and compassionate to one another, as much as we are with other people, we also have to be with ourselves because this passage would really make you want to <laughs> think that your life is in shambles, but we have to be gentle with ourselves too. 
Absolutely. So, um, kids, how many do nots did you find? There are six. And later on, if you want to go through and underline them, there are six. What I find interesting is that the first three, if you look at them, they're all back to back. Um, and they are in verse 26, is that right? 26 and 27. All three of them relate to what? Anger. So we've got six do nots, and half of them are on one subject, okay? Um, which, which is interesting um, in that, and, and so we have, you know, first of all, um, it starts with, in your anger, do not sin. I always find that, that interesting, but also encouraging, that it doesn't say, do not get angry, right? That anger is an okay feeling, right? Um, that even God and Jesus got angry, but that there is a very fine, for, you know, for me um, and for us, right, that it's a fine line, right, to, to be angry but not do something rash and wrong and, and bad about it, okay? Um, but it's interesting that we've got, you know, so in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down. Don't, get the, don't, don't let the devil get a foothold in that anger, right? And I'm sure all of us probably have stories of how we've been angry, um, and how we've probably said something or done something we shouldn't have done, um, and how you know this was difficult. And live to kind of connect to, to what you said. There's definitely that idea of working through it, so that that in our anger, in community, as we're working, and I think this speaks to what we were talking about when we were saying unity is not sameness. Is there definitely isn't this idea of appeasement? It's not, you know, be angry and kind of, if you're my family, kind of like sweep it under the rug. It's not like, you know, appeasing each other or I'm so sorry you feel that way. Um, but there's definitely this idea of reconciliation that's in there, right? So when we're saying don't let the sun go down on your anger, it's not just like, you know, you go work it out by yourself over there. Um, but there is this idea that there is reconciliation, Right? And that sometimes it may not be the same thing, but there is a commitment to that. Last weekend, we had family come, and we, um, <clears throat> we took him to the city. And Yukon and I are discovering that um, when we're with people um, and hosting, we travel really, really differently. And there were some moments during this, this day, last Saturday, um, that there was definitely some tension. And nobody would have noticed except kind of the two of us. Um, and it definitely would have been something like, I would have been like, you know what, it's a long day, we'll just chalk it up to that and, you know, not deal with it. And we're on the train home, but, you know, when you're sitting there, those of you that are married, right, when you sit with your spouse and you, like, you kind of, you, you feel it. There's this, that little tension, you're like, so I could talk about it or I could not, but this is, I'm already tired, this is going to take a lot of effort. Um, and so, thankfully, Yukon brought it up. I didn't, I didn't have the guts to bring it up, but he brought it up. Um, but, but it's interesting because I don't know... It's not something, and this is part of the conversation, was not something we could necessarily resolve. So now that now you're all curious, how do you guys travel? So um, <laughs> when we travel and host, Yukon has a huge value of togetherness. So all things should be done together as much as possible. Um, and I am like, that's a great idea, but my definition of togetherness is a little more fluid. Right, so you know, if we're waiting around for somebody else, I'm like, well, you know, we're in the same area. Our cousin was running the marathon, so we were in. He was checking in, and I was like, we don't all need to be here. Like, I could be on this part, and then just text me when you're done, and you know, we'll meet here. 
um, or like going to lunch. We don't have to wait for everybody to be ready. Like some of us can go first and then you know, others can, can come. So my definition is much looser. And there's, there's no way really that you can find common ground, I think, on that. Um, and so as, as we talked it out, I think we also realized that in our different approaches, what really was happening too was the mindset that we were each feeling judged by the other person. Um, and like that, you know, my way is better um, and you should have seen it from, from this perspective. Um, and so it was an interesting, you know, not that we were angry, but there was that tension and frustration, but the being intentional to, to talk about it and coming to that conclusion of, we can't find a way to agree, but that may not be the point, right? The point is that there was that effort in maintaining unity and in really understanding the value of the other person, mm. right? And in looking forward, we're like, okay, so the next time we do this, how, how are we gonna talk about it? And we're like, I, I don't know, but the commitment to, you know what, we'll be open to talking about this issue this next time so that then, you know, this next time that happens, um, th there, there is that. And so I think too, that's that picture of unity is it doesn't necessarily mean you have to come to the exact same conclusion and do the exact same way, but there's, there's a commitment to a larger purpose um, that, that occurs within that. Um, so those are the, you know, definitely the, the first three um, do nots. And again, there's a difference between the appeasement and reconciliation. Um, I know our time is winding down, so I wanna kind of bring us through quickly. I asked the kids this question, and I'm gonna, I can kind of throw it at you too. So we have our six do nots, but then what's really interesting is uh, we get to uh, 31, and I had asked the kids, what do you think is that difference, right, between do not do this, do not do this, do not do this, and then in 31, we change the language, and instead of saying, do not be bitter, do not have rage or anger, it says, get rid of, and you can circle the word all. So it's not get rid of some of your bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, right? But get rid of all. And this is a long list. And honestly, um, this seems really impossible, right, on our own. And it definitely is. Um, and, and I definitely want to remind you, right, um, as we bring it back up, that this is more than a list of do's and don'ts, okay? Um, that the big picture above, right, is this whole idea of putting off our old self, um, being made new in the attitudes of our minds and our whole perspective and our whole, it's a whole mental shift, okay, that includes um, welcoming Jesus into our lives and welcoming his teaching as something that's valuable and life-changing, and it's through that putting on the, that, that new self that enables us. It's really a, something much larger, right, that enables us to do, to do these things. And so I want you to look to at, um, and he reminds us of this why at the, what is that, 25, for we are all members of one body. Okay. And this is an idea that um, extends, and I couldn't put it up there, but you know, if you have Bibles or phones, um, the section right above this um, in verse 14 and 15 really talks about that. Right? We are members of one body, okay? um, and because of that, we should do these things. Right? Speaking truth in love okay, is clarified there. It's also repeated here because I'm sure a lot of us are really good at speaking truth, um, but definitely that, that, that phrase in love um, is unique in Ephesians. It's actually mentioned six times throughout, throughout this letter. Okay, so there's definitely this aspect of something occurring, speaking truth, doing these things in love 
um, if you're interested, you can definitely look for the other um, the other mentions um, of of that in love. But we are all members of one body, big picture, okay. Um, and at the end, get rid of all these things. And I love the final verse, and it actually leads into the next part of the letter. Um, again, I couldn't put that verse on here, but if you're able to kind of scroll down and read into chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it connects. Be kind and compassionate to one another and to yourself, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And in some ways, um, this verse is a reiteration of Ephesians 2. And the big idea there was... Um, we may be worse than we care to admit, uh, but we are also more loved than maybe we can ever imagine. Okay, And it's that, and we see that here. Um, it's this call to be kind and compassionate and forgive each other, but it's also that, that why, that big picture. Why? Because in Christ okay, and through Jesus' revolutionary acts, he forgave us, and he forgave me, and wow, that's powerful, right, and in that recognition, right, and that, I think, enables us to change that mindset, to put off our old selves, put on a new self, um, through the understanding of what Jesus has done for us, so this list absolutely is impossible, and it is impossible on our own, and maybe you've encountered it, I've encountered it time and time again, um, but it's, it's through something greater um, and what we believe is, is Jesus and what his actions were here in his time that enables us to do something more, enables us to change more, enables us to engage in this idea of revolutionary um, change more, not just in our community, in our society, in our neighborhoods, but in our, in our families, in our work relationships, um, in our friendships. And so um, in just the short time that we have left, um, just a quick reflection uh, question. How does this passage encourage you to build, develop, and deepen community? Um, this is definitely one of those questions that might sit with you for a little bit. Um, and we do have some time. I would like to give you just a couple minutes. Um, either jot that down, but to, but to share that with someone, right? I think for me, I'm like, I can think about it, but then the, you know, the rest of the day kind of comes. But as we build community and unity, right, it's important to support each other in these things. And if it's like, I'm not so sure, but how is this passage encouraging you? Um, how is this passage challenging you to build, develop, and deepen community? Whether it be in a big scale, whether it be in your house, whether it be in your circle of friends, whether it be in your work, um, whatever it is, uh, take a couple minutes, share that with your neighbor, um, and as we kind of go forward in building community and unity, we can uh, keep talking about these things. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes, and then I'm going to jump back on and just kind of close us off together. Okay, before I um, end with a quick word of prayer, uh, I want to end also with saying that I, I just want to be careful to say that in our time together, as we're talking through this passage, that unity itself is not the goal. And unity with each other is not necessarily the goal, right? It's unity, um, it's through unity with each other and through the life and teachings of Jesus 
that allows us to experience and strive for the kind of revolutionary change that we want to see happen. And so that's what, I just wanted to end with that, like that's, that's what the goal is, okay? It's not unity itself, those are good things, but it's through that, it, that's the vehicle, that through unity um, with each other, but also through unity with Jesus and his teachings, that that's what will really enable us to find and seek the change that we're looking for, okay? Um, I know that we're all in different places in our journey, with, with Jesus, okay? Some of us have kind of welcomed him a long time ago. Um, some of us are still like just kind of checking him out. Um, some of us aren't sure. And I definitely want to encourage you. Um, he's got some really interesting things to say. Some of it's hard to read. Some of it might be offensive. Some of it kind of crazy. Um, but I definitely want to encourage you to keep looking at what he says and to keep asking, what is what is this? You know, what is it about what this guy says that 2,000 years later people are still talking about it, whether it's here or, or in other places? And I definitely want to encourage you that, you know, if you're still seeking and really just trying to figure out this, you know, this Jesus guy and, and what he's saying and how he does really influence that mindset in our lives, um, to definitely, you know, come talk to me after, or there's a couple other people here that would love to talk to you about it. But uh, I just want to encourage you to keep engaging in that conversation. Let me close us off in a, just a quick um, prayer, and then I'll lead us into some announcements. Uh, God, we thank you that um, you don't just give us a list of things to do um, um, and leave us kind of on our own. We thank you that there is uh, something greater that you offer um, and that you offer to us and that you see our, our desires in wanting change in our lives, in our homes, in, in, in the society. And so, God, I just pray that you keep showing us how to do that and, and how you speak into it. Um, thank you for this time. And we pray these things uh, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.